Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and today we are joined by local country singer Heather Wagner. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. it's. Uh, I feel like it's been a long time coming. We haven't had enough female artists on the show yet as far as music goes. So it's like, well, I had Heather on the list and I saw that you were teasing a new single, so I thought, now's the time. So that's it. Just kind of worked out perfectly. We this is I think this is the first time we've met that I can think of. Yes. I mean, maybe officially. Yeah, maybe I've seen you at Looney Bin when you were a bartender there. I have no idea. I mean, I never I didn't frequent the Looney Bin that often, but. I feel like if I was to see you somewhere, it probably would have been there. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to to meet you in person. Yes. Finally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you started up in 2019, right? Yeah. It was I had, right before. I released Don't You? And then I released the first version of this. Yes. Because technically, right, mm-hmm. uh, the the version of Gone that it was just released. Yeah. Uh, is is I don't know if you're calling it a remix or if it's just it's a, a rerun, a, a rerun, <laughs> a new version, yeah, whatever it might be. Yeah. It's a new and new and improved version, in my opinion. It cool, kicked, thank you. It, yeah, it kicks more butt. I feel like than even before, and before it already kicked a lot of butt. So I just feel like it. It's an improved version. So I I kind of remember from our conversation three years ago already, which is. It still feels like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are originally from Kankakee County, right? Yep, St. Anne. Okay. Yeah. So growing up in St. Anne, what was what what do you think of when you think of St. Anne? Oh man, I was just small, super small town feel. Everybody thinks I say Kankakee and they're like, Oh yeah, that's so small. I'm like, Oh <laughs> you, you don't even no know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody knows everybody there. You know, it's cornfields, everybody knows your business, but it's a good thing, you know, it's a bad thing. But I mean, I go back there and it's like you just pick back up right where you left off. How long is your family when did they come to St. Anne? They, I, were they there for a long time? I mean, yeah. I started I moved there when I was five years old. So I've I went to school there my whole life, pretty much. I finished high school and here. But um, yeah, I know everybody there. What's cool about St. Anne? I know it's a small town. I'm just, I don't know, honestly don't know much about St. Anne, other than the fact that it's small. Like, <laughs> I Yeah, don't. it's, um, I mean, like I said, your friends are your family and you can every, you can depend on everybody to help you with, with everything. And I think that's really what's great about it. 
And well, there's the pumpkin festival. Oh too. my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Which always, it seems like it always happens the same weekend of Mantino Oktoberfest. Yeah. Not always, mm-hmm. but it seems like a lot of the times it does. I'm wondering if it is this year. I should look that up mm-hmm. because I haven't been to St. Anne Pumpkin Fest probably since I was a little kid. Yeah. It's been such a long time. Yes. So, and I'm from Mantino, so I usually go. To the Oktoberfest. To the Oktoberfest, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I remember the Pumpkin Fest when I was little and thinking it was like going to Disney World. Oh yeah, my gosh, it was right? the best thing. It, I mean, that's when when you're little like that, everything is so big. And then when you get older and then you revisit those things, that's not how I remembered it. <laughs> the pumpkin was this tall. Right. It was ginormous yes. or whatever. I love bringing my daughter, though, because just watching her. Mm-hmm. You know, living it through her eyes. It's like, oh, yeah, we're in Disney World again. <laughs> yeah. So you went to high school at Bradley Bourbon A. Mm-hmm. And so was that just your parents moving? My parents had actually split. So I came okay. with my mom and we ended up moving into the Bradley area. So I went to BB. And then when, when did music come into to play for you at around that time as a kid or when did that start for you i started taking vocal lessons when i was five my parents that's really young yeah that's like my my son's five like i can't i'm trying to picture him taking vocal lessons and i can't (laughs) yeah i actually um started taking vocal lessons with my best friend's grandmother in saint anne and just if music has been in my life forever either my parents were playing music around me or I was singing with my grandparents or I was taking my vocal lessons I was in pageants um, at the pumpkin fest I was in the pumpkin festival princess pageant and I ended up winning I think my seventh grade year and then they had I, that that year I think they had the winner on the radio so that was like my first oh, like touch so with cool. radio yeah. now was that one of the Milner stations was it the Valley or River Country or what state or maybe GFA or what was ninety two point seven back then? Well, I mean, I know it was the local country station. Well, gosh. Is, was it W L? So your local, oh, double well, ninety two seven now. That see so you so you were in seventh grade. I think so. so yeah. That yeah yeah would have been what. To, I'm not trying to date you or anything like that. I'm trying oh, to. Oh, no, let's date it, me. It's, um, uh, it's, it, I graduated it, it, in 2000 and I was 13. I was, so, so it was 99? 99, 2000, yeah. somewhere in there. I don't think, I don't think Milner Media owned that frequency yet. Okay. So I think it, at that time, I think it might have been, I'm pretty sure it was owned by somebody else. Okay. Yeah, so that's more than pot. Now, 92.7 is the Valley. Mm-hmm. At that time, I'm pretty sure the Valley was 95.1. Okay. And now 95.1 is WFAV. So getting into a little bit of radio history here, um, which I don't mean to, but so I really can't pinpoint on what station that would have been. Yeah. But it was a country station? It was though? for sure a country station. Okay. Yeah. And were you singing country music at that Definitely. time? Yeah. Yes. Is it, were your, was your family heavily into country music? Is that where your love for country comes from? For or? sure. They were listening, like my mom was listening to like uh, Martina McBride, the Dixie Chicks, um, Doug Stone, stuff like that. My dad was listening to like Leonard Skinner. So there's a lot of like rock, bluesy country influence early on. What's the first 
song you remember singing when you were taking those lessons? I mean, obviously when you're doing vocal <laughs> lessons, you're not just, you're not just, Hey, okay, we're going to sing songs today. It's more, you're doing scales, you're doing yeah. possibly learning how to read sheet music. Not every vocal coach will get into that, but some do. I was just talking about this the other day to one of my friends, the, um, specifically the songs that she had me start on were Lion King songs because that was like that just was the came thing. out I think okay. when I started my vocal lessons and so it was all like I just can't wait to be king can you see the love tonight or can you feel the love tonight and I was oh, I was so good at Lion King by the time I was done <laughs> <laughs> now I want to watch Lion King yeah <laughs> what do you remember at at age five, you're singing those songs, but as far as technique goes, did she really get into that with you? Yeah, I mean, she had me um, practicing scales. Like she would have me go to a certain note while I was singing, like I can't wait to be king, and then she would have me stop and then work the scales on that specific note. Did she go over any type of breathing or warm-ups or? Yeah, we would do so, warm-ups before and after. What were those warm-ups? Because I'm always curious to hear what, because everyone is taught a little differently on vocal warm-ups, I feel like. She would have me do a couple of breathing warm-ups and then she would have me like do the, ooh. The scales, like the stuff yeah. like that. The one thing, I need to go try to find these. It's so funny. She would have, every lesson would be recorded on a little cassette tape. Okay. And I know I have these cassette tapes saved somewhere. And I just recently moved. So I, I got to go back and find these and I'll, oh, I'll show I would them love, to you. I would love to hear those. Yeah. So that would be actually fun to, to play <laughs> on this uh, episode. Hear a little clip of little Heather Wagner yes. at, at five or six or whatever years old it would have been at that point. Yes, I got to find those. That's so cool that she did that. And mm -hmm. I'm sure the reason she did that was... It was probably your homework, right? It was yeah, like she and to f hear the progression over time. Yeah, that's smart. Mm -hmm. Even back then, so yeah, she would have been recording on a, a little cassette tape, right? Yeah. Gosh, did she ever do the lip rolls with you? Oh, as far as vocal warm ups go, yes, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I I still go. Yeah, I, I still do those when uh, I'm gonna sing. I go. Brrr. Uh, those are and and when someone doesn't realize what you're doing, you're just over there going, and they're just looking at you like, what is wrong with that guy? <laughs> uh, that's what a person is doing most likely. It's either that or yes, they are bored. But most of the time, <laughs> if you're at a show of any kind, there's someone that's about to do a live performance, and you hear those sounds or you mm -hmm. see someone doing that. That's what they're doing. It warms up your your vocal cords mm -hmm. and whatnot. So starting. So young on on vocal lessons, what was the next progression for you? Did you start learning an instrument at all? No, I never. I didn't start trying to learn an instrument until COVID. I always really just used my voice. Um, like I said, I started doing the pageants and I used to staying at weddings. And after that, I never really tried to like book shows or anything. I kind of, I just started momming after that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, w I really wish I would have started. Uh, my uncle bought me a guitar when I was younger, but I never really get, took lessons on any instruments or anything. It didn't strike you at all. <sighs> not, you were just not like, like oh, I'm going to sing. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish I would have because I would have a much easier time writing my music. <laughs> right. I could get it done a lot quicker. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You would be able to do more yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
so in high school, you didn't do any, you probably did some more pageants at the high school level, right? Um, I was in choir and okay. I did um, like talent shows and stuff like that. Didn't join any bands or anything like that? Nope. So when then for you, you, you become a mom mm-hmm. and obviously you're not going to really spend that much time thinking about, oh, I'm going to write a song. Like, right. you know, so mm-hmm. when did that happen? When did you like decide, okay, I'm going to write my own song. I'm, you know, I've been singing other people's songs for a long time. I'm going to write my own song. I think, yeah, that was definitely after my, or I was going through my divorce when I started putting words on paper. And that was just a way of coping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that time, what was going on? What A divorce, whether it's a mutual thing or mm-hmm. not, it's always hard. 100%. Yeah. So for you, what was it like? It was, I mean, it was me leaving. So it was, that's where gone came from. It was me getting out of a relationship that I didn't feel like I needed to be in anymore. So I just started writing about that. And like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't play the instrument. I couldn't add the music to it. So I actually got a hold of John Daly and um, he helped me pretty much learn how to structure the song and put the lyrics together. And then I think we talked about last time, man, gone and gone took me a long time to build because I was learning how to write when I wrote Gone. So John had his help or John had his hand in it. And then when I was learning how to or when I was um, putting the music part together, Chance had he was just he was messing around on the guitar and he was getting ready to put it down because he was getting mad that he couldn't write anything good. And I was walking down the hallway and I was like, no, Oh my gosh, I love that. Do it again. And then we recorded it. And then we ended up putting the um, whole song together and went and recorded it. And it just, it came together over like so much time, but I mean, it changed over and it changed over and the the perception of the song has changed multiple times for me too. So it just, it came together really cool. So what was the first draft like of Uh Gone? The first draft, I mean, some of the lyrics were even different than they are now. I mean, obviously, I've added that, right, features that, and everything. That but. happens, right. The, your first draft of lyrics for a song is is usually, I can remember going into the studio and having what you think is going to be the finished lyrics, but then the the engineer or the producer listens to it and they're like, yeah, that that verse there there's that second line. It makes absolutely no sense. That's exactly with, what with happened, the rest actually. of the song. Yeah. Yeah. I was sitting in the booth and they're like, we have to take the whole second verse out. And I'm just like, but that's what I wrote. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? That, but that's how it is. Uh, right. Yeah. Like this can't change. And so I'm like, okay, what it do I do? It sounds like it took a minute for you to probably <laughs> let that go right yeah well i'm like well, i don't know what i'm gonna do now so they let, they're like okay we'll figure it out and then they play, hit play and i just i like just said these things and it made sense and we're all like okay so that's what we're gonna do there like i guess that's what's gonna work and so did you did you completely rewrite the second verse or was there just no second verse at all i completely rewrote it they in the box like while i was standing there and that's what we used and then i, I think my favorite part of recording is watching like the layers of the song get built. And it's the part that you didn't, the parts that you didn't know were going to be there. It's like, you know, painting a picture. 
the stuff that you had no idea was going to develop that developed. That's my that's my favorite part. Happy clowns. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Do you remember what some of those lyrics were from the first draft? In that the, that second verse that we're talking about, the one that remember? we deleted. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember? Oh man. I don't. I don't right now. I'd have to go. I'm sure I still have it saved. I'd have to go back and look. I'll get that for you yeah. with the cassette tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <and laughs> I'll have just... this little care package of all this old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and before your divorce, you never wrote any. It looked more lyrics? like poetry. It okay. looked more like little bitty spotty ideas. And that would make sense because it wasn't. It's like I was putting that self of me away, you know, yeah. that part of me away. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah right. Because you're you're trying to raise kids. You know, you just mentioned you have a teenager mm -hmm. now. So, I mean, obviously you've been busy parenting. I met their dad when I was 13 and we got married right out of high school. So I didn't even really get to find that part of me, you know. Yeah. So it's, it, it's cool to find, to keep learning that part of me now. And it's it's cool to hear that. It didn't happen when it happens for most people mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. far as discovering some of those parts of yourself. Yeah. And it's cool to hear that you have taken that time to discover some things about you or pursue. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. Maybe there were things you wanted to pursue, but it just obviously with the timeline, it just didn't happen. Yeah. Because some people, I feel like they just think, oh, well. I'm too old now. May as well just forget about it. Yeah, yeah. And I've had those thoughts, but it's, and you know, that's okay. Everything happens for a reason. And I'm like, I don't regret that I got married young and that I met their dad. Like, I'm so glad that he was in my life like he was when he was. And I'm so glad that I have my kids. I had my kids when I did and that I'm doing this now. Like, I'm so happy that everything happened when it happened. Timing's weird sometimes. It know? really is. And <laughs> and that's what I often have to remind myself and even just remind others is that everyone's timeline and everyone's story, everything happens all, at all different times. And mm -hmm. it's hard to, because we're constantly drilled in society. Well, you know, you're 18. Well, that's when you go to college. Mm -hmm. You're 21. Uh, that's when you... You get out of college, you, right. you start a full-time job, and that's when you start saving for retirement. And just boom, boom, boom. It's like these things have to happen at these these ages. Mm -hmm. and that's what's drilled into our brains since we were little kids, and it doesn't always work out that way. Exactly. Getting more into Gone, what Gone was originally released in 2020, mm -hmm. and what brought about this new version of Gone? ATG, he is a good friend of mine, and I've always wanted to collaborate with him on a song. So like I said, the perceptions of Gone had been changing. And right now, the way I see Gone is like, you're leaving a version, or I'm leaving a version of myself to discover the new version of me. And when I asked ATG to do the feature on it. I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't sat with him. I still haven't sat with ATG like I am with you right now. So I kind of just said, do your thing. I want to see how you can write first before I give you any idea. So what, what you heard is him. His first time was it. And I was just blown away. So yeah, I mean, he did what he did. And I think the way he 
created like his version of Gone was amazing. And then did I show you the video? We know. I haven't seen the video. Okay. I, by by the time this episode is being released, the video is available. But no, I've just listened to the the, the new version with ATG. Okay. So. Then so the video just kind of like makes everything come together perfectly. And it really helps, I don't know, encapsulate the, the vision that I had of a woman like leaving this version of herself that she's not really comfortable sitting with anymore and finding the most genuine piece of her that she is. And how did you meet ATG? Who Who is ATG? So he is in a band called Discrepancies. And they're from St. Louis. I was introduced to them by Chance. He um, and Chance, he is your drummer, right? Yeah, or, he yeah he was he, my drummer at on, the time mm-hmm. at the, for the recording too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He also helped me. He had a hand in writing the song as well. Okay. Um. Yeah. Right. So he introduced me to to that band, and I met ATG through him. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super really, cool. Small world. Very. <laughs> a lot smaller than you think. So. As we mentioned earlier, divorce is different for everyone, but I was curious as to now kind of having some some of that behind you for a certain period of time, it kind of give, it might might give you a different perspective on it at this point and someone that might be going through that right now. What is your advice to them or something you wish someone would have said to you when you were going through it? What would you say to that person? You know, something you wish someone would have said while you were going through it. I would tell them to communicate as much as possible and be as honest as you can be, even if it's uh, even if it's uncomfortable, especially if you have children. I know like I know it gets uncomfortable, but honesty is no matter what, If even if you're married, even if you're married, even if you're going through a divorce, I know that specifically through my divorce. Me and my ex are in a great place right now. So good. It took a lot of work to get there. But the work that we had to go through was through communication and honesty. And we'd ha- we had to have real, real, real talks to get to where we are now. But we are like best friends now. That's great. Yeah. That's so great to to hear. And it was another reason why I wanted to bring it up is just to anyone, whether they're dealing with that themselves right now, or they've never dealt with it or whatever, whatever they know or don't know about divorce or separations or anything like that is, um, it, it can be, it's not all bad yeah, and it can be good. People can split up and still be civil with each other or be friends or raise their children just as they would have when they were together. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it it is possible and it's not, you don't have to, I mean, everyone's situation is different, obviously, but but it's, you don't have to go around saying terrible things about your, you know, your ex, unless they really were such a uh, terrible situation. Like I said, it's, I mean, listen, even if it was a really, really bad situation, Everybody has the capability to change. You have to keep open-minded. You have to, it's possible to forgive. As long as you communicate and are brutally honest with each other, it's okay to be uncomfortable. 
But if you can, if you have the open-mindedness to sit and talk and it takes time, it takes work, it takes patience, but two parties have to be open to be able to do that. Yes, absolutely. So getting back to, uh, to music and, and gone, uh, which by the way, the new version of gone, I just want to point out it is available everywhere. Now the video, as you mentioned, that's on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, at this point. And are there any, I know you haven't played any shows yet this year. Are you going to be playing any shows? We are definitely going to be looking to book some shows soon. And then are you working on other new music? And and what, I, I can imagine just from these two singles you've released so far, you've probably just learned so much that you can apply to the next song or the next EP or whatever type of release it is that you're going to put out? I'm working on a few songs. I got a couple things in the bag. <laughs> you want to elaborate at all? Um, I'm speaking to a couple of producers right now. Okay. Um, and I got, uh, yeah, I got a couple of songs I'm working on. I just got to figure out where I'm going with it. Yeah. And and our, so where's the, the inspiration coming from at this point? I'm kind of just soul searching right now and kind of just making sure that I am Follow, I'm making sure that I'm keeping my, I'm doing a lot of uh, soul searching, I guess, and making right. sure I'm like following my own heart. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really inspired by anybody but me, I guess. I've gone through a lot of healing lately. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And that's what's inspiring me. And it was, I can't remember who it was the other day. You can, take those awful situations and they can either completely absorb you and you're just crippled for the rest of your life or you take those situations and you you actually use it yeah. to your advantage in a positive way you got it and i can see that you you have done that and you're continuing to do that yeah and that is inspiring as well it's just a reminder to all of us that even in those crappy situations, you can take that and you can use it as a tool. So I think it was Eric Peterson. I think that's who it was. Um, there, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I produce his podcast and I can't remember if he said it on the podcast or if he said it, but I'm pretty sure he was the one that that brought that up and, and that's where that's coming to mind. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, check out the I'm Fine podcast if you haven't already when you're done listening to this I one. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I definitely want to check that out. He's doing great things. Um, his, you know, organization project, Headspace and Timing, is just is just wonderful. Everyone should go support that as well. Yeah. Um, and some people they they might see the the picture of you from this episode, and they're like, "Gosh, she looks familiar." And going back to the Looney Bin, mm-hmm. you were a bartender there for. Four years. Yeah. Four, yeah, for mm-hmm. four years. And is that the only place you bartended at? Mm-hmm. Or And so, I mean, obviously, it's a popular place. A lot of people have come in and out of Looney Bend. So mm-hmm. they're like, oh, that's why she looks she looks familiar. And, you know, getting to Looney Bend, uh, you know, with the, the passing of, of Nick Huffman just uh, recently this summer. What are some stories or things that have come to mind about Nick or things you think people should know about Nick? that maybe they didn't realize. Hmm. Oh, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) 
especially someone that works so closely with him. I'm sure there's there's so many not not that like you're gonna tell all these stories about him that you know he probably not not to say that to not stories like that to rat him out, but just thing memories that you think of. Well, speaking of story, he um, I just found this the other day. I'm gonna try to do this without crying. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I'm not no, trying to make you cry. <laughs> you're fine. Um, but speaking of story, he um, was working on his second book, and uh, he sent me. It was either like the pro, was it the forward? Let me see. He was writing his second book about. It was almost like a journal about people being able to tell other people how much they meant to them before they died. And it was, okay, so say I passed away. He would buy this book for me, but I would be the last person to get it. He would hand this book out to a bunch of other people and inside of the book, all the other people would fill it out about what they thought about me. And then I would be the last person to get it. And it would be completely filled with thoughts of. Wow. Yeah. What, what a what an incredible idea. Yeah. And he what he said before he told me what it was about is I wish people. I wish there was such thing as like a USB cord that people could like hook in from their brain, their brain to somebody else's brain. So we could just upload the thoughts that we had to other people's head. So they could just know exactly how we felt about them because I'm always telling people how great, like anytime somebody is like, Hey, I saw Heather today. He would just like spout off. This is what I think about Heather. So people would just know like how they, <laughs> how I feel. And I was like, I was like, Nick, that's the best idea. A USB cord <laughs> or from heart to heart or from brain to brain. Like yeah. that would be the, that Elon, would be the Elon Musk is working on it as we speak. <laughs> For real. No, Are you, I was like, what? No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I'm, I'm just, I wouldn't be surprised. If, yeah, seriously. You know. Yeah. So he texted me this whole, like, how it needs to be done and, you know, Nick stuff. So did he, yeah, Nick stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, you know, Nick stuff. Um, yes. Did, do you know if he ever finished the book? No. He no? just He just started it. He was sending me notes on, like, what he wanted to be in it. And they had read it in the eulogy. Okay. At his funeral. Okay. But yeah, I was gonna pull that up and read it to you. But that's pretty much what it was. He mm -hmm. just was he was showing me like artwork for it and uh the USB thing. And I thought that was that was the coolest thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's and a really that, good idea. That sounds like something that Nick would think of, mm -hmm. you know, because his brain is always always thinking of things he would always oh, yeah. he would always message me and say like hey i was thinking of something and he would rattle off his idea or whatever i remember the last time i saw him i let him borrow some recording equipment for another podcast he was going to be on and he knew that i was trying to find or that i was working on different ways to fundraise for for kanky key podcast and he's like hey you know i've got some ideas for you he just always had his brain was always flowing with mm -hmm. creativity in many different ways you know so 
but yeah, what from from your point, I mean, Nick was part of the inspiration behind getting you to to actually oh, get your music out there. He was like my biggest mentor. He when I got my divorce, <laughs> uh, it was I want to say it was the July because it was my birthday after my divorce was final. I went to I called Emily and. I had plans with my sister and they fell through. So I called Emily and I was like, hey, what are you doing? I don't have any plans. I want to do something for my birthday. And she was like, hey, let's go to Meyer and go grocery shopping and we'll go to my house. So I went to Meyer with her. She got on the phone. I didn't know she was calling Nick. Nick showed up to Meyer because he couldn't go to Walmart. Oh. <laughs> so that's, he would say, okay, this is my new Walmart. Okay, I'm just going to call this my Walmart. Like, Should, uh, okay. For the people that don't know, can you give a quick synopsis of the Walmart. Yes. Why he could not step foot into Walmart. Yes. He went into Walmart and the employee, like the red employee phone was ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. He was with his daughter, Callie, and he picked it up and he was like, Walmart, this is Earl. <laughs> and he started answering or taking messages. And I think one of them was a lady who was calling off work. And then there was another, I don't know what the other person was doing, but I don't know. He was not doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was making all kinds of Nick noises and he got kicked out of Walmart nationally. <laughs> and yeah, so then he went into Meyer because he was allowed to go into Meyer. So that's where I met Meyer's him. better anyway. <laughs> yeah, so Meyer's way better. That's my opinion. Do but... you know that that got lifted before he passed? Did it really? He was allowed to go into Walmart again. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, did he ever, uh, uh, you know... Use that? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, there's he a video. Into, yeah. Were you walking into Walmart for the first time? Okay. Yep. Yep. I, I don't, I think I missed that. I don't think <laughs> I'll I have saw to send that. it to you yeah. with the cassettes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the cassettes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I met him in Meyer, and we went back to Emily's and he sat me down next to him. That's what he said. He said, if I will help you just sit right here. And then uh, he told me, he gave me a list of names and stuff. I need like pretty much directions that I need to follow. And then I started working at the bin and never oh, stopped that's listening. That's when you started working that day. Because I said like I wanted to day. go to Nashville. I was like, I'm going to move to Nashville and I'm going to sing country music. And he laughed at me and he was like, Nashville's so oversaturated. He was like, if you make enough noise here, they will come to you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I started working at the bin and that was it. I didn't realize that's how that came into as far as you starting to work at the Looney Bin. Yeah. So what, <laughs> you know, it's always a wild time at Looney Bin. There's a, <laughs> yeah. what are, what are some stories? I mean, the, the tales that bartenders have are unreal. Yeah. So what are some of your tales? I got to hear some of these, at least oh, one. Oh man. Huh. Oh, <laughs> hold on. I got to figure out one that I can tell. <laughs> okay. Well, one time I walked in to go to work and Nick was sleeping in a hammock. The hammock was covering him because uh -huh. nothing else was. <laughs> and he was <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to tell this nicely. Um, <laughs> he was watching some movies. Oh, some some special movies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I had to call a friend to come help me because I was like, listen, I can't turn around. So you're gonna come have to help me. Was was Get it Nick to his 
office. Wait, so oh, this was like inside was right the main in, room of Looney Bin. Right there. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> oh, I can totally picture this. Yeah. Yeah. That was good stuff. But yeah. What, was that, were the movies on the, the, the big projector? Yeah. Yeah. The big screen. Oh, God. Volume at full blast. Oh, no. Yeah. It was good stuff. Got to love him. So you called a coworker to to help you. Yeah. So, so what did you did you wake him up or what or did he wake up on his own or? We, yeah, we we got the we poked him. <laughs> poker. <laughs> yeah, we got the poker out. Yeah, we got it taken care of and got him back in his office. Oh my gosh, man! I the speaking of the last time I saw him. When I dropped off that recording equipment, uh, that that building that's that's directly attached to the Looney Bin, yeah, or maybe it's all technically the same building. It's it's a part that nobody has access to unless obviously you work there, or if you own the building like Nick or his well, obviously his mom owned the building, but or still does. But <laughs> he in the upstairs of that building, he built like a. It's almost like a swing bed. Did you ever oh, yeah. see? <laughs> he showed that to me when I was uh, there the last time, and I just laughed. I just thought it was hysterical. He's just like, "Hey, check this out!" And he like jumps on this bed, yes. and it's just he's just swinging and on this bed. Swinging. Every yeah. time I saw that bed, it reminded me of the Aretha Franklin song "Chain." Oh yeah, 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 Doesn't chain, chain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, and right, exactly. And I don't think I could ever sleep on that bed because I would be afraid it would just go. Yeah. And just crash to the floor. <laughs> so yeah, gone featuring ATG. Mm-hmm. Check that out. It's on all platforms. Check out the video. To find you on socials, it's Heather. Is it at Heather Wagner or is it like Heather Wagner Music? Heather Wagner Music. Yep. And that's on Spotify, Facebook. It's Heather Wagner on Spotify, but on Facebook and Instagram, it's Heather Wagner Music. Okay. Yep. Awesome. And is that a stage name or is that actually your name? Just Heather Wagner. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I wonder because I'm like, that's like a perfect country name. Yeah. Even yeah. Don't I? Uh, come on, Wagner just like screams like country. You know? Yes, I like it. Then all right. <laughs> At least I think so. Anyway. Cool. But well, Heather, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate this, and I hope you had fun. I had a blast. I had a blast. Thank you so, so much for having me. I absolutely. Really it. And everyone, go stream Heather's new version of Gone. Yes. Check it out. Like the wind in my hair in that 654 And the tears that I cried on the bathroom floor No, you won't find me looking back no more I'm surprised it took so long This girl is gone Well, that concludes this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with a family member, friend, or neighbor that you think might enjoy learning new things about the people and places of Kankakee County. Also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible, including Karen Bishop, James Reardon, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Daryl Damper, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Don Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, 
Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Dan DeBoard, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Dreenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. To become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com and then just click on the patron tab. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode. There's also other rewards like early access to new episodes, unedited versions of episodes, even video versions of select episodes, podcast merch, discounts on special events, and so much more. Your monthly pledge is truly appreciated. Our monthly goal right now is to reach $400 per month, and right now we're about 37% away from reaching that goal. So please sign up for the patron program today at kankakeepodcast.com. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll. Talk to you soon. This river can-